Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we dive into the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Good morning. On the left is Michael Kelly. Good morning. And I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, the U.S. Energy Secretary comes to St. Louis to break ground on a new factory to make components for electric car batteries. Conservative Republican Governor Mike Parson reveals his new tattoo. (laughs) Yeah, you heard that right. It's our bonus quote of the week and picture of the week. Uh, The families of 13 service members killed in the U.S. evacuation of Afghanistan say the Biden administration is hiding the truth about what happened to our heroes that day. And another quote of the week is from Anheuser-Busch heir Billy Bush on the beer maker's continued freefall after Bud Light's transgender promotional campaign. We've also got a lot to get into regarding former President Trump, Hunter Biden, and also President Biden. The FBI took out a threat on the president's life. But we begin with Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm breaking ground on what she sees as the economy of the future for St. Louis. The president wants these products to be stamped made in America, used in America, and perhaps exported around the world. Nearly half of the cost of the $400 million project is covered by funding from Federal Federal Infrastructure Act funds. It's expected to create about 150 new jobs at ICL Group in South St. Louis. And Granholm says the United States is an emerging global clean energy market worth $23 trillion in the coming years. This is all fueled by the Biden administration's push to transition to 100% clean energy in America by 2035. Do you say kudos to Mr. Biden and the Democrats, John Hancock? No, uh, there's not very much clean about this when you think about it. How are you going to power electric cars? Well, you need electricity. How do we have electricity in this country? Over half of it comes from coal fire plants. And I don't know, Andy, what we're going to do with these batteries. They're full of lithium. They're full of very bad stuff. They have a lifespan of seven or eight years. And then what? We're going to bury them somewhere? Uh, this might become the nuclear waste for our kids and grandkids. I, I'm, not, I'm not sold on going fully electric with our vehicles. Plus, th- there's... We don't have the capacity. If everybody drove electric vehicles, we don't have the capacity to charge them. Is she just grandstanding here? Is this really the economy of the future in St. Louis? Of course it's the economy of the future. And I love that the Republicans are worried about the environmental issues that may become of, of the batteries. Because what about all the emissions that we've put in? We've got wildfires happening throughout the world. Global warming's happening as a result of what we've done. Look, progress 
takes a couple of steps forward. Anything that's good can also have some bad aspects to it. When you put the preponderance of the electric energy versus what we're using right now with fossil fuels, the damage that's coming to our climate is so much bigger as it relates to fossil fuels. It's awesome that St. Louis is gonna actually lead the way on something and it's gonna be clean energy and electric batteries. As the Bud Light boycott continues to crush AB InBev, the beer maker is selling off eight of its brands to the cannabis company Tilray. A Bud Light promotional campaign with transgender social media influencer Dylan Mulvaney sparked a widespread boycott of the brand. AB InBev just reported a $400 million drop in second quarter revenue compared to last year. It's a lot of money. The brand sell-off includes the popular Shock Top beer and will bring in $85 million for AB InBev in an all-cash deal. Now, in recent interviews, Anheuser-Busch heir Billy Bush has called the Bud Light transgender campaign a huge mistake. And here's his quote. My ancestors would have rolled over in their grave. It is a free country and people are allowed to do what they want, but it was never meant to be on a beer can. One analyst tells us the brand sell-off is likely part of a long-term strategy and not necessarily the result of the Bud Light issue, but AB has also announced a layoff of nearly 2% of its non-brewery and warehouse workers. How do you see this, Michael? Well, you can't help but think anymore that this really is being driven by this boycott. I don't get the boycott. I don't understand why people would get this exercised about a beer can. But even one of the heirs is exercised by it. It was a little disappointing, his comments. I mean, I can remember uh, Bud Light cans that had uh, camouflage, and, you know, they've done all these other types of things. And for him to specify this, no, freedom is being able to put whatever you want out there. Uh, I think Billy uh, should sell his book, and uh, hopefully we're going to get this right at Anheuser-Busch, but there's no doubt about it that this bigoted protest is causing jobs. Should the uh, social conservatives behind the boycott be proud of themselves for this? Well, look, do we want our, our corporations in this country to be making social commentary? I don't care if it's left-wing stuff or right-wing stuff. A business exists, a publicly traded business exists, to make money for their shareholders. And when you do something controversial like this that you know is going to be inflammatory for a large segment of not just the population, a large segment of your customers... Uh, you're, you're making a horrible business decision. It's cost them. Uh, the beer industry in general is kind of flagging right now uh, in, in terms of sales. So I don't think this is completely related to the Bud Light situation, but the Bud Light situation didn't help matters at all for the shareholders of AB InBev. A St. Louis neighborhood fed up with the ongoing lack of police resources votes to deal with it themselves. St. Louis Hills has seen an uptick in crime like this man. Well, thought we were going to see a little different video here. Uh, I was going to show you a man who attempted to carjack two women in separate weekday mid-morning confrontations. That's the kind of stuff that the neighborhood got tired of. Well, residents voted to raise their own taxes, approving a special taxing district that will generate about a half million dollars a year for private security patrols and things like upkeep of neighborhood parks and sidewalks. There's the man I was talking about. Michael, what does this say about the state of the city government? City's broken. Uh, and it's incredible how quickly it's fallen apart. 
Over the last three to four years, we've seen the city break down in nearly every aspect of the services it's supposed to provide, whether it be roads, policing, trash, 911. Boy, the list goes on and on, Andy. I live in one of these neighborhoods. We've had to yeah, impose I'm, our own tax because we want somebody to do something. We all are staying here in the city, paying the 1% earnings tax, paying these ridiculous taxes, getting no services, and we're getting blamed and called racist because we want to protect our neighborhoods. I mean, this is what we're left with. This is what's going on. We're having to especially tax our so we can privatize security. This is a basic government service. City government is broken. Where are our leaders? Where are the protests? They may have to pass a tax to, uh, to fund their own 911 dispatch center. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm out of words on this. You know, it, the problem is the leadership in the city, and the leadership in the city stinks. And uh, the people keep voting and putting those same leaders back in office. So that's a problem, too. Uh, if folks that live in the city of St. Louis don't start voting, then this erosion and decay that we're all living and watching is going to continue, and it is painful to see. I think the other thing that's frustrating, Andy, is when we get reports from what's going on at the Board of Aldermen, we're focused on these big social issues, big pie-in-the-sky, you know, global issues that city government can't solve. It can't even pick up the trash. It'd be helpful if our legislators, our Board of Aldermen, our mayor and our president of our Board of Aldermen, went down and focused on the basics this 911 thing is not something that, that we should have to wait two years for them to fix. Pull people out of other departments and put them on the doggone phones. We deserve this. Well, the city of Austin, Texas, spent a half a million dollars on homelessness over the last year, and their homeless problems gotten worse. Take that for what you may. It may be a bellwether for abortion rights in Missouri. Voters in Ohio reject a Republican-backed measure to require a 60% majority to pass state constitutional amendments, such as amendments to ease abortion restrictions. Ohio voters can now add abortion rights to the state constitution in a November referendum with a simple majority. We're looking at both issues, voters deciding abortion rights and whether to require a 60% majority in Missouri, just like Ohio. This is another rebuke for anti-abortion Republicans, John. Is this where we're headed in Missouri? I don't know that this is going to pass, this proposal to go to a supermajority to amend the Constitution. There's a rationale for it. Uh, we have to have two-thirds vote in Congress and two-thirds of the states to amend the U.S. Constitution. So there's a higher standard there. Ultimately, though, I don't think this is going to pass. Too many folks on both sides of the aisle have used the initiative petition process in this state to get things accomplished and there'll be a lot of opposition to raising that standard to 60 percent. Yeah, I think he's right about that. Uh, uh, there's too many people on both sides and fortunately we have this ability to send people to the votes to the people of Missouri because our legislature is so out of touch whether it be on abortion, minimum wage, Medicaid expansion, right to work, all of these things our legislator tried to force down our throat when it went to the people they've overturned it. I think that will be the case with abortion. And so if this type of an effort were to move forward in Missouri, you're going to see a backlash of Missourians saying, no, you're not necessarily in line with where we need to be. Let us have our vote. Up next on Hancock and Kelly, why former President Trump's upcoming trials don't seem to be causing him too much tribulation. Listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. 
There's been a bundle of new developments in the legal woes of former President Donald Trump and Hunter Biden. A federal judge warned Mr. Trump that continued inflammatory statements from him may speed up his trial on charges of allegedly conspiring to stop Joe Biden from becoming president after the 2020 election. Also, new indictments against Mr. Trump are expected in Georgia soon for alleged attempts to turn that state's 2022-2020 presidential election results in his favor. In the Hunter Biden case, the sweetheart plea deal is now long gone. Attorney General Merrick Garland has just appointed a special counsel, but it's the same prosecutor who worked the plea deal in the first place. Michael, is Hunter Biden having an easier go of it legally than Donald Trump just because his dad's the president? Well, it sure looked like that up until a couple of weeks ago when we saw the judge put a stop on it. Nobody wants a special counsel, even if it's the guy who put together the deal that, uh, that it was currently rejected. I think Hunter Biden's headed to some bad times, and I think he's ultimately going to get charged with some crimes here. I uh, may wind up spending some time in jail. Um, and I know that's probably being heard with glee out there. But let's also remember that we have a former president that tried to overturn our government. And he was warned by the, pres uh, the, the judge the other day that he has to behave. That's not possible for Donald Trump. I think we're headed towards a couple of bad days for Donald Trump, too, that could actually get him in some trouble. Unfortunately, all of this is bad for the American public. Is it fair to compare these two men and their legal woes? I mean, it's a different oh, it's, it's a completely different scenario. Yeah. But the big thing on the right is, does the Hunter Biden case tie to his dad? And should his dad be impeached now? And well, that's the question. And we don't have any evidence that it does yet. But I do, I find this curious and a little smelly uh, where you appoint the prosecutor that's already been looking at the guy and now you call him a special prosecutor. He's had five years on this case. They came up with two tax charges. It would have taken a month to figure out. Uh, so either there's something really big here uh, or they're doing this so that con congressional oversight won't be able to proceed. That's a concern on the Republican side is that this is a little tricky game that the Justice Department's playing to keep congressional investigators from looking under the hood. The FBI shot and killed a Utah man who allegedly threatened to kill President Biden during his trip to the state. Craig Robertson allegedly pointed a gun at agents when they tried to arrest him at his home. They shot him. Robertson had been making threats against prosecutors and multiple Democrat politicians in response to the Trump indictments in a post on Truth Social, that's the platform favored by Mr. Trump, he fantasized about killing New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg. How worrisome is this, Michael, as the Trump cases move forward? Well, we always have constantly seen threats against presidents' lives, and unfortunately, we've had presidents assassinated. Our Secret Service does a good job working that. Um, there's no doubt about it that these people are being fomented and pushed into a tizzy by Donald Trump. If you go and look at this man's rhetoric that was being used, it was being pushed by Donald Trump. Sick people are easily inspired. It's also interesting that Truth Social was the organization that turned this over to the Secret Service. The president's own social media, former president's own social media company, saw this and turned it over. I guess they're a part of the deep state now. Does Donald Trump need to do more to defuse this type of thing? Donald Trump's going to be Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, and you're going to have nuts, people that are mentally ill, sick out there, uh, thank goodness for law enforcement, in this case the Secret Service, for doing their job. It's been 42 years since the President of the United States has been shot. Uh, and let's hope that we keep that going. 
Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, they're called the Freedom 13, the U.S. service members killed during the evacuation of Afghanistan. The Biden administration hiding the truth from their families? Welcome back. The second anniversary of the bloody U.S. evacuation from Afghanistan is August 26, 13 days away. Families of the 13 service members killed that day say the Biden administration is lying to them. Mark Schmitz of Wentzville lost his son, Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz. And they turn around and spit in our face by blaming everything on Trump. I mean, absolutely no accountability whatsoever. They're doing complete deflection to, to shade Biden from any fault and wrongdoing. It's, it's, I don't see why this is a partisan issue whatsoever. This is our military. They protect all of us. Did they have to die? Could, could we have done something different? And will there be something better because of their sacrifice? Republican Congressman Daryl Issa of California hosted a hearing near San Diego for family members and the public. Mark Schmitz was unable to attend, but he shares a mistrust of the official version of events. He says memory cards from GoPro cameras of those who died were wiped clean. A mother was officially told her son died instantly in a suicide bombing, but witnesses told her he was actually giving out his ammunition to others as he was dying. ISIS said there's evidence of one of the 13 officially listed as dying in the bombing, actually being shot to death. The House Foreign Affairs Committee is investigating. John, why would anyone hide the truth from these Gold Star families? That doesn't make any sense uh, to me, but obviously it's happened. Uh, the thing to understand about the Afghanistan withdrawal is that it was a disaster. It was a logistical nightmare. It was one of the worst days in American military history. Uh, and in the process of bungling that operation, we lost 13 heroes. Uh, the government needs to come clean here and with these families. They deserve at least the truth. Should these families take the Biden administration at its word? No, they should ask questions. Uh, let's be clear here. You know, the, the Democrats blame Donald Trump for this. Donald Trump blames Joe Biden for this. At the end of the day, neither of these men actually did the pullout. This should have been better planned by our Pentagon and a better plan was implemented. Maybe the timeline that both of them pushed caused this to be this way, but I agree with Mr. Schmitz. It shouldn't be, shouldn't be partisan. And to that point, the Biden administration should force the Pentagon to come out with all the information. We deserve to know what happened here. I don't think this is blaming President Biden or President Trump. This is a failure of our Pentagon and our Department of Defense. Now to an Army veteran who just got his first tattoo. It happens to be Missouri's conservative Republican governor, Mike Parson. Parson posted a picture of it on social media. It's an outline of the state with the number 57 and a lightning bolt. He says his granddaughter designed it. He had it done in Branson. Prior to revealing it to the public, he revealed it to the Kansas City Chiefs football team. And in our quote of the week, he says, Last week at Chiefs training camp, I had the opportunity to huddle with our Super Bowl 57 champions and show off my new ink. Did you ever think you'd hear that from Mike Parson? John Hancock, he says the 57 is significant because the Super Bowl 57 champs, he's the 57th governor, and he won with 57% of the vote last time. Yeah, I'm not shocked by this. You know, he's got a giant eagle tattooed <laughs> on his chest. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, good for Mike Parson. Got to live a little. Can't out. you imagine him walking into the tattoo office? <laughs> I tease the governor. Uh, you know, whatever. Good for him. 57 also represents he's our 57th governor. Right. Uh, it's kind of a special, cool way to commemorate and, it. And, Good don't, for him. and don't forget the ketchup. 
Yeah, the Our lightning song. bolt oh. is a nod to Elvis. Oh. There you go. Taking care of business. Oh, oh, oh. TCB. <laughs> what about your tattoos? That was a buried question. <laughs> Can't show this. them on television. <laughs> <laughs> Final thoughts are next. First, a look from Bomberito.com Drone Fox of the entire lookout. I want to hang it. Final thoughts, Michael. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of uh, months watching Adam Wainwright, hasn't it? Uncle Charlie, he's earned it. Uh, this season's shot. I'm fine if they just put him out there every day until he gets these final two wins that he deserves to get. Everybody says it's pathetic and hard to watch. He earned it. It won't matter 10 years from now once he's hit 200. Let him go out and keep throwing. Come on, Uncle Charlie, we're all rooting for you. I like it, John. Well, they say if you let the crime go in St. Louis City, eventually it's going to spread, and it has spread to Lebanon, Missouri, Andy. Forty-nine-year-old uh, Lloyd Tabor broke in, stole a bicycle, some clothing, later stole a chainsaw. He was uh, caught by the police naked, wielding <laughs> a chainsaw. Crime's serious everywhere, folks. <laughs> That's what I got. All right, I have a final thought, and it is a thought of our longtime uh, friend and coworker Wade Smith, who is recuperating mm. from injury. Get well quick and get back to us, big fellow. We Absolutely. love you. Absolutely. All right, remember, if it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. Fox News Sunday is next, and we'll see you next week. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.